Welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast, where ministers get together to discuss everyday ministry. Welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast, or a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry. This is James White, the pastor at Lighthouse Community Church, and I'm sitting here with the guys getting ready to sit down and discuss the fourth chapter of Donald Whitney's book, Spiritual Disciplines. We're going to be looking at the topic of prayer, but before we get into the conversation itself, how is everything going your way, Chris? Everything's going good over here. We just got through with our fall fest at our church and put a lot of time and work into that and uh, as a community event, trying to make that an, an outreach, kind of hand-in-hand hand with our relaunch under our new name. And uh, it was it was it was a good time. It was pretty successful. We had a lot of guests show up, and um, we're able to a lot to meet a lot of new people, uh, local people around from our church and stuff. So everything's going good over here. Jamie, yeah. how's everything going your way? Everything's been fine with me. I'm trying to remember what all has taken place since last time we were on. Not a whole lot of anything. My <laughs> my uh, my life's pretty stable, so not much has been going on my way. Um, Work's been well. Family's been well. Of course, we just got done celebrating Reformation Day, also known as Halloween. So we've had a, we've, <laughs> we've had a good time. Everything's been going well. Gearing up for uh, another busy season as we get into Thanksgiving and Christmas. We'll have a lot of family events to go to. So just kind of getting ready for that. James, how are you doing? Did you even say? Man, I hadn't said yet. I'm doing well. Jamie's, he's not even talking about the big deal, is that his wife did a fantastic job yesterday for reformation day on her Dude, my with, wife always does a fantastic job but especially yesterday with the the arts and crafts project for your daughter one yeah. was the five solos and the other one was they so, looked so they nailed me, something to a piece of paper <laughs> that had doors on it yeah so they did a little project where they nailed basically like nailing the 95 theses they nailed some stuff to a little little door that they, that they had drawn and colored so uh-huh. yeah it was pretty good you gotta be. You gotta celebrate those moments, Jamie. Yeah, man. <laughs> Saw a lot of people nailing uh, ninety-five Reese's. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> Although, what do you do if you pr- pronounce it Reese's? Yeah, I mean, I do Reese's pieces, but or you know, well, I yeah, guess I it was Reese's peanut butter cups. But what well, are you gonna? You just do? change your accent just a little so bit to have to switch it up just to make it the point. Yeah. Dry, you know, drive it home yeah. or well, ninety-five pieces. Hit the, hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Well, like I said, everything's going good in my way. We've had a uh, We've had a church member in the hospital the last week, and Jamie went up with me Friday, and I went back up Tuesday. So I've just been on the road a good bit this this week. But with the church plant, you really don't have a lot of hospital visits much, so I can't complain in that area. And I really enjoy uh, and love that family. So it was an honor to be able to go and sit with them and spend time with them, even though it was a difficult situation for them. Greek hasn't killed me yet, but I'm taking a 
like a midterm type deal that I got to take before Monday. So this is my last episode because the Greek has killed me and <laughs> I have been buried and no longer a living. But everything's going well, though. Um, excited about the rest of the year coming up and really looking forward to, and I don't know, we've never really talked about this on the podcast, but I'm looking forward to Advent season coming up, not to the extent of Chris's wife putting a reef up first day of November, but no, that's a looking- reef. That's a reef on my bedroom wall. Place the picture of us on our wedding day. But you notice the sheets and the comforter. That's all Christmas. They look, they look very festive. Well, I think that's enough. Catch y'all up on our kind of boring lives. I don't think we really had anything much going on. Other than Chris, and they had some ministry and things of and such. Well, I guess we did go and do a trunk retreat downtown yeah. and saw there was you were there for what, like five minutes? Uh, 15. <laughs> 15. I'm sorry they had to pick the one day where every <laughs> wedding in Alabama took place. Oh, no kidding, because you had Alabama and Auburn were off left, yep. so like everybody got married. Yeah, everybody in Alabama yeah. got married that day. <laughs> yeah, that's a big family reunion. This weekend oh, is yeah. actually LSU versus Alabama, correct? I, I forgot what teams y'all root for. I don't root Alabama. For y'all are Bama fans? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I guess this podcast will go up after that. The yep, day after. Two days after. Two days, two days after. after. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Saturday is college football, yeah. not Sunday. That shows my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be looking at the fourth chapter of Donald Whitney's book on spiritual disciplines and really it's this idea of, of prayer for the purpose of godliness. And that's what we're walking through. We're looking at spiritual disciplines and, and how to, to grow in godliness and how to implement these things in our lives. And the last two months, we've looked at the idea and the principles of Bible intake. And if you didn't listen to those two episodes, we would encourage you to go back and take a listen to them. Though I think the books are much better than our commentary on the books, I do think that we did a good job of explaining what Donald Whitney was getting at and the point that he was trying to make. And so this evening, as we start this idea of prayer, I think the first question that we have to ask is what is prayer? Well, I guess the uh, most basic answer would be it's talking to God. It's, um, you know, uh, just setting aside time to come to God, to to worship Him, to praise Him, to thank Him, to uh, ask, make petitions to Him about things that are occurring in our lives, to pour out our heart to God. Uh, basically, it's just a conversation with God. It's, of course, it's more one way because God's not audibly speaking back to us, uh, but we are speaking to God and being prompted by the Holy Spirit at the same time. Uh, so, yes, yeah, that's, that's the most basic answer we can give. It's the actual practice of speaking to God. And I think a point that Whitney makes in the book is that it's not the opposite of that. It's not this idea of passively sitting in silence or meditating. It's actually the the act of speaking and talking with God. And obviously, it's the idea of talking, not necessarily the speaking out loud. We know we don't have to speak out loud to talk with God. We can, um, I guess, think it in our head. I agree. I think that is a, the most basic idea of prayer. Chris, or anything to add? Yeah, not really. I mean, I think that's a pretty good definition. It's being active, actively doing something rather than passively doing something. 
and I do think it counts uh, if you're not always have to audibly be uh, saying something out loud to God. If for no other reason, you don't always, you know, you're not always in a position to be able to audibly say something in order to turn your um, affections or your calling or your petition towards God. Obviously, some people would be like a martyr, perhaps maybe in a position where they're, you know, drawn before a court or something. And, you know, I think that you could be in a position where they are calling out to God uh, from within themselves um, or being mindful of God or, you know, maybe something more practical for us or regular for us is just at work or, you know, in a confrontation of some sort where we can turn our mind towards God and call out for his help in a situation. And then also just from a realistic level or, you know, realistic way that there's many people who can't actually speak, you know, if they're, they're mute, obviously people, um, who have the inability to speak physically must be able to to pray. And I think that it all points to the fact that it is a spiritual thing. Uh, while we are being mindful of it and that there is some physical process going on, you know, with inside of us, that it is that it is spiritual ultimately. Now, I will say on, you know, thinking about the differences of speaking it out loud and thinking it in our head, that I do find myself staying more on track and less repetitive if I am speaking it out loud rather than just Uh thinking through it. Uh, And so on a practical sense, it does help me to speak it out loud rather than just keeping it inside of my head. That's why I personally find a great joy when I don't listen to anything on the way home. And I just spend that time in prayer because I'm in the Mm -hmm. vehicle by myself. And instead of trying to just do it at work or at the house when it's busy or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I think, Typically, prayer is spoken aloud. I agree with that. And, and for the reasons that you, that you said, even just from a practical standpoint, for, for the most part, speaking is just better. I was going to say, man, because when you started your explanation, man, you went all the way to the extreme, saying a martyr that's at the face of death. <laughs> and that was your opening example of not being able to speak it out loud. Uh, and I was like, "Where's he going with this?" Like, the, the most practical thing is just like when you're at work. <laughs> but I just thought that was funny. Um, I think um, I think another thing to really add when we look at Donald Whitney's book is that prayer is this primary way that we as believers communicate our emotions and desires with God uh-huh. and fellowship with God. And I th- I think that so often. And I don't think we do it in a negative way because we do want to be reverent and approach God with the respect and all that he deserves. But when you read the Old Testament, especially David's Psalms, or you know, and when you read through David's Psalms, you see that there is a high emotion there. There is mm-hmm. a there's sometimes doubt there. There's sometimes even this almost this hatred or this dissatisfaction that is found in prayer when David is talking with God. and Yeah, I guess I, and I think about often whenever I read the Psalms and I think that we can, that we can see this in our own lives. Prayer is often a way that we spirit works through us to work out, to put our mind right. Yes. And I guess Philippians four, six and seven says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I don't think this is entirely what it, what that verse is saying, but I know often as I'm praying, sometimes I realize my heart is in them. Like saying something out loud, you know, could, I suppose it's the spirit working to show me that 
oh, what I've just said, my heart is in the wrong place. Um, yeah. Or like I'm not being like my faith is misplaced or I'm like I don't have like my faith is not in God and in his promises and who he is. And often I think that the spirit by the time my prayer is done. Sometimes I realize that what what I was petitioning God for, asking God for, what isn't even something that I that I really even want or that I need. And that where I was once anxious, I'm actually peaceful by the end of it because I realized that the problem wasn't my lack of of a physical thing or a position or whatever. My lack was actually in my faith. And I think sometimes it's just a it it works. God works through me and in me through prayer. I definitely think we see that example in David's prayers, because when you read the Psalms, you'll read it and you'll get this picture of him crying out to God and this doubt that he's expressing. But before you even get to the end of the Psalm, you see that his whole tune changes. He's, yeah. He begins praising and glorifying God for his steadfast love. And in mm-hmm. the very beginning, he's talking about how God, it feels like God's abandoned him and no, yeah. no, nowhere to be found. I mean, so I definitely think we see that picture even through Scripture itself. Well, if we understand this basic definition of what prayer is, I think the next thing that we should move into is what Don Whitney addresses is this idea that prayer is expected. So not only do we know what prayer is, but it is something that is expected in our life. And I think we really see it in two folds. It's the first one, though, is that Jesus expects it of us, even much so that in Scripture that he gives his disciples a an outline, I guess, or a principle to in, in implement it when praying to God. And, you know, just to kind of hammer that point home is that in Luke 11, verse 2, Jesus was speaking to the disciples and about to give them this model prayer. And it's, he says in, before he speaks his prayer, he says, when you pray. So he's speaking to the disciples and it's not if you pray, if you feel like praying, if you want to pray, it's when you pray, this is the model to follow. And so we see here that he's given this this command to uh, the original disciples, the first disciples. And of course, that is extended to us as well as this expectation that we are going to pray or that we should pray. Yeah. Also, in Luke, parable of the, the widow, the persistent widow who continues to go to the the judge the commentary at the beginning of it says jesus told his disciples a parable to show them uh, that they should always pray and not give up um and i think a, a lot of what jesus you know when he spoke of these things it was about you're expected to pray you're also supposed to pray with expectation um and i think we'll talk about that a little bit more later but yeah it's um definitely something that jesus trained his disciples do and his to do and expects us to do today not only is this expected out of us but we should also remember that this is something that we should desire as well you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to be able to come to the living God, our creator, and speak to him. And he hears our prayers. That's an amazing uh, truth is that we have that chance. So this is something that not only is are we expected to do. And I don't know many times we kind of sometimes going into prayer is very hard to do. And it kind of does get to where we kind of do it because we have to. Uh, but we should also be looking at it as a great opportunity, a great privilege to be able to address our God in this way. I've always used this example, you know, when we talk about prayer specifically, but obviously it would translate to, 
you know, when we even approach God's word. But I really look back to the picture in Isaiah 6. I know that's a specific moment that Isaiah encounters God in the throne of God. But I, I love to think about it in this mindset because even in Psalms 18, 6, it says that in my distress, I called upon the Lord and my he heard my voice while he was in his temple. And so that when we pray to God, he is still on the throne. He is on his phone. He is reigning over the earth. He is reigning over our lives. And so that when we take it as an honor and we approach him through prayer, we are approaching him on his throne. And, you know, I, I think back to Isaiah 6 and this this picture of that that we see of Isaiah falling before the Lord as if, as if he was dead and coming to him and wailing over his transgressions and the people's transgressions. And just this picture of God's almightiness that we see in that scripture, just it's something that I think of quite often when I do come to God in prayer. But I also think of just the idea of, you know, what Hebrew tells us is that we have a great high priest that intercedes for us. And now that we can come to God in prayer, we don't have to have someone that is a mediator between us outside of Christ mm-hmm. as we would have had in the Old Testament. Well, obviously we see it's this idea that, Jesus expects us uh, to pray. And Donald Whitney makes this point, and we're not going to go in depth because we really just expanded upon it, is that we also see this in God's Word. This isn't just something that we see Jesus talk about. It's not something just found in the New Testament. Uh It's found in all of Scripture. All of Scripture points us to praying and communicating with our Heavenly Father. And so now we've looked at this idea of what prayer is and that it's expected. The question that he goes into answering next, and I think it's very important that we address it, is how do we know how to pray? How do we learn how to pray? Yeah, I mean, he lists four different ways that we learn to pray. Firstly, he says by praying. Then he also says by meditating on scripture, uh, by praying with others, and by reading about prayer. I think Don Winnie makes a good point with a lot of these. Uh, really, just this idea of by praying, you know, obviously scripture does give us some examples of prayer. Not only does it give us examples of prayer, but as Christ taught his disciples, it gives us a model of that and how we are to pray. And we see it being taught throughout scripture. But the number one thing, in my opinion, is by praying itself. Now, I do think there's really ways that we can pray wrongly. Not only should we be praying and just practicing and then working through that with our Heavenly Father, but I do think it's important that we meditate on the scripture as we pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, even uh, I, th- I find it a great help that even as I'm reading scripture that I pray, maybe that specific scripture that stood out to me, quoting the scripture to the, to God, I think that's a, a beneficial thing as we pray as well. Yeah, and I also think there's a few models that many of us can really use to help us as we're praying. I know many people model their prayers after the Lord's Prayer, of course. It's a, a great example considering our Lord gave us this model to pray. I don't, I don't think we could really improve upon that. But there's also other forms of just ways to kind of guide us in our prayer, uh, the act of form of prayer, you know, where adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, that's actually uh, what I use when I pray is, is to kind of guide me. Is, But of course, you, you know, many times we'll bounce around between the different types of prayers that we're offering. Uh, but there's uh, numerous models of how to pray that can help us understand. I know there's another one, I think it's like the three C's. I, I can't remember. I was reading it recently. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. about there's that. multiple ways that can help us know how to pray. But I think ultimately the best way to know how to pray and to have a heart 
that that is seeking to to speak to God according to His will is, of course, to be in Scripture, mm-hmm. being in Scripture and looking at some of the prayers throughout Scripture, some of Paul's prayers. The Psalms are wonderful uh, outpourings of of David and other psalmists' hearts uh, to God. So these are different ways that we can kind of model our prayers, kind of see, kind of get an idea of, of how we should be praying. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how to say this and I'm probably paraphrasing something I've heard someone else say, but basically, and maybe it's even Donald Whitney. I don't know, (laughs) but like putting God's words into us first before we put our words, like letting God's word direct us before we direct our words back to God. Um, and it, yeah, it, scripture is it directs us in every way and that's why you know we start off with talking about scripture um, because that's our foundation that's our basis for all of the things that we do in our spiritual disciplines so obviously yeah it's going to guide how we relate to the to god and what words we actually even say and thoughts we have in prayer and i know he kind of uses this one as a way of learning to prayer but i just kind of want to note the significance of praying with others and praying for others and mm-hmm. uh, requesting others to pray for you and specific things. I, I definitely think that's a significant thing that we would implement and practice on a regular basis. And we were actually right now in our Wednesday night class, Jamie and another gentleman in the class is teaching a book called Praying with Paul by D.A. Carson. And it's a, he wrote the original book and then he wrote the Bible study later on and recorded videos on it. Uh, this past Wednesday's lesson, we specifically looked at how Paul was thankful and expressed in his prayer that he was thankful for the love that they had for one another mm-hmm. and how how they were living out the, the truth of Scripture. And there's something about praying for one another and praying with one another and requesting that as your brothers and sisters. And another thing that I think is significant, and I, and I implement this in my own life, I don't know if others do it often, but even during our corporate worship, when we're praying as a, as a body out loud, I do think it's an important thing that we take the opportunity through that service to pray individually. If it be during the, the time of prayer, if it be uh, in a, during one of the songs that we just pray and reflect on what God is doing and his mercy and his love and praising him through that way in our time of corporate worship. And then the last thing he points out there is this idea of learning how to pray by reading about prayer. And I don't think we'll talk much about that because what we're going to do is recommend some books for you. And so whenever we get through at, with the podcast, we're going to go in the time of the plugs of the week. And in that, we're going to give some recommendations for you for prayer. And we would recommend that you you pick one of them or a few of them and uh, start to work through them a little bit and see if that would help you in your understanding of prayer. So what I will say real quick about praying with others, one thing that uh, I don't think he really implied in his book, but he did speak, of course, of, you know, Jesus saying, when you pray, don't use like empty repetition, empty phrases, I'm trying to, to impress anybody or anything like that. But one thing that I've noticed praying with my kids, that's how my kids learn how to pray. That's how we learn how to praise through our parents, you know, typically. And hearing them, giving them the opportunity to pray whenever they pray, I hear myself pray (laughs) because they're copying what I do. Um, So as parents, we need to be mindful of that, how we teach our children to pray and remember they listen to us and they will pray the way that we pray. Also, it's just showed me like, (laughs) oh, 
the things that I'm saying are buzzwords to them. And they're literally just copying what I do. And it makes it stand out to me. And it has made it stand out to me in the past few years of, you know, I don't necessarily pray. Oh, no, sorry. I pray with them every night. But when I pray with them every night, it's not the way that I would just pray on a normal basis, right? Because I'm praying with them and trying to teach them and stuff. But it, it has shown me that I need to be mindful of my use of repetition and, you know, just kind of sometimes you're just trying to get your kids and tucked in bed. And so, you know. You read, you read to them, you talk to them, you give them kisses, you pray for them, whatever. And it can be become this repetitious thing, like almost an empty thing that you're just doing out of habit. And to put that into praying with others, it has taught me, praying with my children has taught me a lot about the way that I pray and being mindful of it and the phrases that I use and, you know, and those kind of things. And that kind of reflects outwards to the you know general population, whoever I'm praying with, I need to be mindful not to just use my go-to phrases but to pray genuinely whenever i am praying with other people because that's important because other people are learning from you when you pray with them you know you say that and really makes me think about how we do pray out loud during our corporate time of gathering (laughs) Mm -hmm. and because you may have people that that are new believers or people that only attend church on sunday morning or whatever the case may be and that may be the only time they actually hear somebody pray out loud and so you're making that point and it makes me think of how important it is of how we pray even when we gather together and think through what we're going to say rather than just get up there and mumble or ramble along on a little bit here and there. Or as many pastors do, re-preach their sermon in the prayer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. get their or get their last point made mm-hmm. <laughs> during their prayer. They ran out of time. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's always good. It's like, uh Father God, yeah. we know you want these people to do X. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> were you saying that to God or were you saying that to us? <laughs> so as we said earlier, we're gonna give some resources on how uh to learn how to pray and some different things that's helped us in our lives and stuff. We're not gonna discuss that portion uh, in depth, but we do want to move on and look at the last portion of Donald Whitney's book and it's that prayer is answered and really want to begin by reading Matthew 7 7 and 8 and it says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be open and I, I want to read that because really um, it just shows that you know God does answer his prayers. God does respond to our prayers. And mm-hmm. I think we see that through even through through the Old and New Testament that God responds when his people pray. Yeah, I think he uses a Spurgeon quote where he says that, I cannot imagine any one of you tantalizing your child by exciting in him a desire that you did not intend to gratify. Where God leads you to pray, he means you to receive. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier, where we need to, we're expected to pray, but we're also expected to pray with an expectancy. There is promises from God that, that we will receive an answer. We will receive his comfort, his peace. And I don't think that it's always what we expect or how we expect it because God in his sovereignty often subverts our expectations. But that's part of, I think, trusting in him and giving ourselves, I guess, for lack of a better word, in surrender, but in faith, uh, giving over our lives. And that's all the good and the bad, putting our faith in him that he will take care of us. I think that's part of, of that being that answering that he gives back to us, that, re- that thing, what we receive from him is ultimately 
what we need from him and he is sovereign over that over that point i kind of want to make is that god answers our prayers even when he doesn't answer our prayers if that makes sense Mm -hmm. is that even in the times where we don't see a tangible result to this thing that we've been praying god has still answered it in some form or fashion uh and and also many times we this is probably part of our fallen well this is part of our fallen nature is that we don't even when he does answer and it is tangible we either don't recognize it or we kind of just breeze by it Uh, but god answers prayer he answers all prayers and like you were alluding or as you were saying chris is that many times it's not how we think he should it's completely different and of course much better outcome than we could ever have came up with ourselves. Well, I think one theologian said, just because he doesn't answer, it doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest, greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. That was Garth Brooks. <laughs> I was going to quote that. I almost got through it with a straight face. Though I, I know we joke about that, but there is some reality and truth, even in old Garth's words there, uh-huh. that some of the best answers that we do receive is an unanswered prayer. Um, well, guys, I, I think we've kind of exhausted uh, Whitney's book. And obviously there's more aspects of prayer we could discuss. And um, obviously you know, there's a lot different things that we could kind of approach and address, but we, we can't do that in a 45 minute podcast. So what we can do though, is recommend some books for the listeners to read and or listen to on audiobooks to learn more about it. And I'm going to go ahead and start mm-hmm. and give my recommendation. That way Chris doesn't steal it from me because <laughs> I only have one. And one thing that I have found beneficial, um, even in the idea of learning of prayer, because of even though it's not technically praying with somebody, but it's reading the prayers of Puritans, and it's called the Valley of Vision. And I've really enjoyed that. Now, there's some robust prayers in that thing. Yep. Um, Chris would agree that with me is that there's some prayers in that that they use some language that is above my head on a normal day conversation. <laughs> and then also it's old English anyway. So, uh, But regardless, I don't recommend it. I think it's a great resource. So, and even just reading through them and reflecting on them. Jamie, you want to go ahead and give us your plugs of the week? Yeah, well, I won't kind of cheat with mine because I'm actually going to recommend something that <clears throat> I recommended in a previous podcast, which would be Praying with Paul by D.A. Carson. And unlike last time that I recommended, I've actually uh, read through some of it. I'm not through it yet, but I've read a few chapters in it, and it's great. So I'll recommend it. It's very helpful to understanding prayer better and especially focusing on the prayers of Paul. Well, I want to piggyback off of that and say that if you have new believers in your church, the Bible study itself might not be a bad resource to yeah. pull together and lead some people through. It's wonderful. Yeah, because yeah, it's, I mean, it emphasizes some great aspects of prayer and what we should be praying for. So I'd encourage that as well. Yeah, I'll have two recommendations. One is from uh, R.C. Sproul. And it's part of the, uh, what do they call it? The Crucial Questions <laughs> series. And it's a series of ebooks that they um, continue to, to put out. I think they actually put out two this year. Um, and they're small little paperbacks. But the ebooks there are all offered for free. Uh, and they're short little books. And one is called Does Prayer Change Things? Um, I've read through it once. I think my wife has read through it twice and is wanting to read through it a third time. Um, 
maybe she has read through it third time, three times. Um, so that's a good little book. Uh, and then also EM, there's an author called EM bounds. He's a book called the weapon of prayer. Uh, that's more of, um, it's more structured kind of book. Uh, but there, he has, he has tons and tons of writing on prayer. You could pick up pretty much anything from him. Uh, and it's, I say him, I assume it's a man. I don't know what EM stands for. (laughs) Um, but yeah, EM bounds, uh, is a good resource uh, on prayer just in a variety, a variety of topics having to do with prayer, but that's a big recommend for me. Well, guys, that's the, that's the plugs we have for you. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode on prayer. And as we said earlier, it's not an exhaustive study on prayer. It's really just walking through the spiritual discipline. And I know we didn't give an official challenge of the week as we've been doing, but we just want to encourage you to find some time in prayer with if the Lord Well, guys, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Everyday Ministry Podcast. If you're encouraged by what you hear, please go like our Facebook page, share the episodes, and rate the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget that a new episode drops every first and third Mondays. Our prayer is that these episodes are an encouragement to you and that you would be faithful in the ministry that God has placed you in. Hit him.